showing me some things that were that uh, he knows and nobody else does. So, well, let's look at our prayer ministry guide. And I'm sorry, Christine is not here. She's still down splashing around in the ocean. And uh, Eleanor is not here. So, if uh, anybody has anything that they would like to contribute. Uh, I'll be glad to bring the microphone to you. Nancy does. Well, one thing is the thankfulness and the praise for the opportunity to spend with family the last two weekends. Joel's family two weekends ago and our, my family last weekend in the mountains. Uh, on our prayer list, there's an Asher he was on the prayer chain two weeks ago. He's a young boy in the Carlisle area, down under various illnesses and injuries in the back. Oh, I don't okay. know his last name, but he's been sick all of June. He had gone to urgent care, I think, four times, the family doctor three times, emergency room. He had no energy, lots of pain. He was walking pigeon toe. He couldn't go to summer camp, and his mom was working from home. Uh, but after a lot of testing, they found he had Lyme's disease, and that's what it is, and he's uh, now on antibiotics. He also developed some cysts in the back of his neck and on his head that he's going to Hershey for biopsy, but they think it all related to this Lyme's disease. Yeah. At least he's being treated for it now, so prayerfully yeah. uh, he'll respond. But he's a school student. He's just a young, yeah. young boy. And the other one is Bonnie Messick. Uh, she had her surgery on Wednesday. It was like a long, I think like a five-hour operation. And they sent her home on Friday already. But she's okay. recovering from that. So Good, good. Go what well. was her problem? She had breast cancer. She uh, went through radiation and chemo. Uh, and then she, it was a period there. They thought she had a spot on her hip that it was a, not a wide, more widespread. They canceled her surgery. But after more testing... Uh, was found that it was not. It was a benign spot. And so Wonderful. she had the removal and the reconstruction done on Wednesday. A lot of surgery. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Good. And you say she's home? Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She had lost a total of 74 pounds while they got her for surgery. Oh, wow. That's a lot of weight to lose. Wow. And Linda, do you want to tell us anything about the God guy sitting next to you? Yeah, I uh, just made a misstep at work and fell and broke my wrist and uh, didn't heal right, so they had to reopen it and put pins and plates in. So I'm on the mend. Uh, I want to thank everybody for their prayers and uh, just take time now to heal up. So yeah. Then I can go out and do it again. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, at least something to look forward to. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 
they operated last week and put uh, pins and screws in and a plate. So uh -huh. now it'll stay in place, hopefully. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Are you right-handed or left-handed? Right. Oh, good for that. At least you. Yeah. 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 Anyone else? Oh, Karen, I'm sorry, I had your, my back to you. Um, I know we've had questions about both what happened in the DR and also at conference. And if we would stay home and quit gallivanting, we would promise you reports on both of those. Sandy and I need to figure out that schedule. Um, we're going to be down at Elizabethtown this week for the Brethren Bible Institute. Um, we, I get to be a student, which is fun. I take notes and ask questions. And and don't have to cook. I don't have to cook. But then another, we get another week off, and then we are going out to Indiana, Ohio for about a week and a half to visit family. So that should be the end of the trips. So just to let you know, we will give you reports on these things. Just hang in there. He has to look at his schedule. Well, like I said last week, uh, district office, Pete Contra said that uh, they are also getting together information on uh, the meeting that we had in May uh, down at Hempfield. And he said, you know, with holidays and, and annual conference and everything, it's, it's been delayed a little bit, but he said, rest assured, they'll get information back to us so that uh, we have an update. And one thing I wanted to note while I was back there is you notice that uh, our little baby girl back here is not really that little anymore. My goodness, she's getting big. She's really coming along. She's graduating high school in a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryan said they're going out to look for a car for her so that she can start driving, so it'll happen quick. Yes, that's for sure. That is for sure. Is there anybody else? Okay. Will you join me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we have a lot of joys today, and that's wonderful. So often we come to you and we have complaints and and worries about various illnesses and not to say that we don't have that now on our minds we do we've always have concerns but we always know that you can hear us at any time any place and for whatever duration of time that we have but thank you for reports of people who are recuperating at home after major surgeries and uh, we, we praise you for giving doctors the ability and the knowledge to do what is necessary to put us back in line. Thank you, Lord. But we also realize that you are the ultimate doctor. You are the great physician. And without you, none of this would happen. Thank you, Lord, for being a faithful God. Thank you for healing those that have experienced sicknesses and illnesses and uh, surgeries, so many things that can happen to us frail people. The human body is such an intricate, precise 
mechanism that you have put together. And we rely on everything working perfectly as you want it to. And thank you, Lord, for helping us with that. Lord, thank you for Palmyra Church of the Brethren. We pray for them, for their leadership, for their guidance. We pray that they will follow you and follow scripture and your leading and not follow the world. Lord, they're a local church. They've been with us for years and years. And we want them to progress and be a light for you. Thank you, Lord, for Palmyra Church of the Brethren. And thank you for their leadership. Let them be attuned to what you want them to do and turn away from the ways of the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we pray for them as we pray for everybody. Everyone deserves our prayers, Lord. Everybody deserves your grace. Actually, we don't deserve your grace. You give it freely. And we can't do anything to, to influence you. Thank you, Lord, for that fact. Thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Thank you for the, for the faithful believers. Thank you for the friendships that we have. And thank you for our leadership, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Ryan and Pastor Sandy and their families. Thank you, Lord, that we have them to lead us. And thank you, Lord, for being our great leader. We pray this in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, our ultimate leader and savior. Amen. An extended uh, version of that song that says a marketplace is empty. I don't know if I could do all the words. But there's a lot of these songs I can do. But this is sort of the, the chorus of it. And uh, so if you're still learning that, well, uh, learn it to the point where you don't need the book. All right. Well, how are you doing? You have less pain or more pain? See, the doctor always asks me, you have less pain or more pain? That's what I say. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, runner, I'll tell you what. So what is it like to do ministry quarter time, which is 10 hours a week? What is that like? So you just, you folks need to know this, you know. So for 40 some years, I did ministry 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you know. Doing 10 hours a week is a little bit like doing ministry in slow motion. It takes four weeks to do what I used to do <laughs> in one week. A uh, little bit in like slow motion. And it was, you know, that the Lord opened that to me. You know, now some people may think, well, that's not, that's, that, why, why is that such an amazing thing? Well, some of us, don't think that deep, you know. And, and when something like that pops up, we go, oh, well, that's why this is so different is because it takes me four weeks to do what I used to do in one week. Oh, yeah, we need to pray for that guy, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm still getting used to this. And uh, 
probably by the time I get used to it, I'll be in my, my, my 90s, you know. I already told you I'm not doing this for 25 years. My first church, my first church, Bradford Church of the Brethren, I was there 25 years, see. And I think Coventry was sort of hoping I would stay there 25 years. But I didn't. I, it was only 14 years. Well, you know, so if you think I'm going to do this for 25 years and I am almost 70, you just do the math. <laughs> Wheelchair. Well, that might be helpful. Maybe a cane. Maybe hearing aids and everything that goes with it. Hey, you know what? You're only as old as you think. That's partly true. Uh, I'm, I'm still figuring out which part. There, there's a point to which you can be old in body and be young in spirit. Now, dear friends, you need, you, everybody needs to know that. Your body can complain, that is pain. It can refuse to work right. That's, you know, anybody here know what I, I'm even talking about? Hey, I got a few nods on that. Yeah, this, this body just doesn't do what it used to. And, and the things that it does do, yeah, that's going slower too. But you know, in the spirit, in the spirit, you don't, you don't age the same way in the spirit as you do in your body. And you, in your relationship with God, it can be ever new, ever fresh. It can be a, right on the, the growing edge. We need, we need to look for that. Oh God, I, just because I'm such and such an age, Lord, I don't want to quit growing in, in, spiritually. I want to continue to grow spiritually. Now, if, if you're not interested in that, well, you know, well, <laughs> it's all downhill from here. But if, for those that give their heart in a fresh way to the Lord every morning. I hope you do. You can continue to grow, and I have it on reliable sources of a number of people that made it way past 100 years old. Yeah, there's something, something new to learn every day, something fresh in your relationship with the Lord every day. That's possible. And, you, and so you, you target that in your heart, and uh, regardless of what the, uh, what the calendar says about your body, how old your body is, all right? It's not that that's not important, and it's not that that doesn't contribute, but here's what I'm convinced of. I was convinced of this back when I was in my late 40s, early 50s that God has a special heart for the people over 60 and over 70 and over 80. God has a special place in his heart. And you know what? He's designed it so that physically we will have more needs and those needs, aches and pains and whatever else goes on inside our body, 
more needs than ever before. And if we have more needs than ever before, if you have more needs than ever before, you know what? If you know the Lord, guess what you're going to do? You're going to call on the Lord more than you ever did before. And you know what? That is not exactly bad. God's purposes is not that you suffer. God's purposes is not that, that you have afflictions and all these kind of problems, you know, like with, uh, uh, well, we had a problem on, what day was that? Friday? With the Social Security Administration. Don't get me started. You know, that, Social Security is not God's fault. You know, I don't know whose fault it is. But you know what? God can take that stuff and he can help my wife and I work it out and God can make us patient and God can give us peace when we're all upset. We, we left the Social Security office upset. Anybody ever do that with Social Security? Listen, if we, and I'm looking at my sweetheart, if we trust the Lord, he'll get us through this, you know. You know that. I know that. But it's an experience of it. Trusting God, having faith in God. And hopefully someday we'll give you an update. A good, a good, a good update. <laughs> they have her on a pension and she has no pension. Oh, for crying out loud. Now we gotta write up an appeal. At least she got some money. It's not the right amount, but at least. <laughs> now, thank you, Lord, for the money we got, you know. We are again looking at the topic of uh, uh, the coming of the Lord. And uh, today we're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 24 and uh, starting with, with the... Uh, uh, you know what? She got the wrong numbers in it. Hey, I know what it is. 29. She got a dash between the two and the nine. Uh, Matthew 24, 29. Yeah, that's, I was sort of worried about that a little bit. Matthew 24, 29. And we, a couple weeks ago, we did the passage immediately prior to that. And, um, this is an absolute faith. You know, I hope when you study the coming of the Lord, why, why would you be excited about it? I hope you get excited about the coming of the Lord because it has everything to do with you. He's not just coming back. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. And so we need to see ourselves not outside the circle of what this is talking about. We are in the circle. We are in the picture. You and me, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in this picture. And these are things that may happen in our children's lives or our grandchildren's lives, but the truth is they may happen fully and totally be fulfilled yet in our lives. And even, that's a guy nearly 70 talking. Yeah, it could be in my life. Could be. He's told me to be ready. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you really ready? 
And there's, you know what? You know, how can you tell if you're ready? Well, number one, you have, you, there's a peace about it. You know he's coming, and you got a peace about it. And it, if you got peace about it, chances are you said, you know, I, I've done everything I need, I need to do to be ready. And all the things he says to be ready. Let's read the passage, uh, Matthew chapter 24, starting with a, a verse 29 down to the end of the chapter. And I'm just going to read, read it through without uh, any comment. Uh, as we read it the first time. Immediately, after the tribulation of those days, referring to, to lightning flashing from east, from east to west, back in verse 27, after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign, look at this verse, look at it closely. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then will all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree when its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near so you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect." Who then is a faithful and wise servant 
whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his, ma whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, we seek to listen to what you say. And Lord, we pray that we, you take it from the page to our hearing, from our hearing to our mind, from our mind to our heart, and from our heart into our lives, our daily lives. Thank you, Father. Lord, thank you for caring so much. You tell us these things that we might not be totally in the dark. And Lord, some will be more surprised than others will be surprised. And Lord, that we would have an understanding of the, of the basic things that are yet to happen. Thank you, Lord. Bless us in all these things. Bless us as a body of believers. Bless us as your people in this community. And Father, we pray it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there's a sign coming. I can remember uh, watching fireworks. Here. Anybody watch fireworks this year? Now, when I was a kid, we went to Bremen, Indiana, little tiny town, probably about the third the size of Hershey, maybe maybe about the size of a Campbell Campbelltown over here. Um, and because it was sort of an isolated community, they worked overtime to raise the fund to buy the fireworks, and every year, you know, as uh, with my grandfather Heckman. And a lot of the family, we would go to Bremen to watch the fireworks on July 4th, you know. And uh, when is it going to start, Grandpa? You know, we would, and he would look at his watch. You know, well, I don't know if they, you know, if the sun, it looks like the sun's going down. It's almost dark. I don't know why they don't start. And, you know, he would stand there looking at his watch. And, and, then, and then they would shoot off three rockets that were not, burst, they were kaboom, boom, boom, boom. And that was a sign, guess what? We're starting. It was a sign. Now, dear friends, there's a sign that's mentioned in this passage. Now, you would think that the sun and the moon and the stars and all that stuff going on in verse 9, you'd think that, but maybe that would be the sign. 
And Peter even alluded to that on the day of Pentecost about the, the sun and the moon and the stars. Um, and here it even says the powers of the heaven will be shaken. You know, there's some commentators and some, by the way, the Bible will shed a lot of light on those commentators, you know. Don't try to do it this way, try to do it that way. Some will say, oh, you know, that this is, this is an unscientific statement. To which I say, well, how big is your God? Can, can your God do this? Now, if your God can't do that, well, I feel sorry for you and your God because I, I know a God that's bigger and I know a God that can do exactly what he says he's going to do. Will this be an event where the whole universe, as we know it, will be affected? That's surely the way I see this reading. And so I say, okay, Jesus says this, now what's going to happen? But he's not even calling that the main sign. Here's the sign. This is in verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man, who is the Son of Man. Now, if you don't know the Lord, you might not know. If you know the Lord, if you've invited him into your life, you know that the Son of Man is your Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Son of Man. The sign of the Son of Man will appear where? In heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn now, what's the picture here? Here comes the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and on the earth there is sorrow and oh no, oh no. We didn't realize it was going to be this soon. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, it's like when... Uh, you know, I got to remember my mom and dad, they would have these projects, you know. And, and, and a, by projects, I mean they would tear off the roof of the kitchen and to put a new roof on, you know. And they really didn't want people to stop by to visit when, when the, uh, the, these projects were going on. And then here comes Harold and, Harold and Marge Berkey. Oh, yeah, well, Harold and Marge. Harold's going on to his board, both believers. Anyway, they would, you never knew when Harold and Marge were going to show up. <laughs> and they, my mom would go, oh, no, here they come. <laughs> you know, well, you know, couldn't they have waited until Sunday, you know? <laughs> Here, Harold and Marge. Hey. Oh, no. And there's an aspect where the tribes of the earth will go, oh, no. And they will see the Son of Man. They'll see Jesus coming in the clouds. I wonder for the thunder clouds. I bet I know. Yeah, I heard a guy say one time, he thought they were clouds of glory. Did you hear me say that before? Clouds of glory. Remember that. Clouds of glory. And now the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. 
This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has always had that power and he has always had that glory. But it's going to be visible. And it's going to be visible in a way that this is a sign to the whole world, to unbelievers as well as us believers. It's, uh, this really goes back to that verse that talks about the lightning flashing from, from east to west. It's going to be a visible thing. And verse 31 says, He will send his angels with a uh, with the sound of a trumpet. Uh, that is really talking about trumpet in the, in the days of Jesus. What, what were the trumpets? They did have brass trumpets, but, and the, but that was Roman and that was military. The, in the temple, the trumpets were what? These long ram horns, and they would blow the ram horns. And what was blowing the ram horn for? Well, it was an alarm if you were being attacked. Uh, there was a number of things that they would blow the ram horn. One of the reasons why they would blow the ram horn is to get everybody together. And there is a sound of God coming, and it may be a physical ram horn, it may be something in the spirit, I don't know. But it will be a sound, sound of a great sound of a trumpet, and they, that's the angels, will gather together his elect. Now, Jesus purchased the elect. He paid a high price. What was, and it wasn't silver and gold he paid. He paid with suffering and torment and agony and nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a spear up into his heart. He purchased his own, his elect. Now, the question to you and me is, did he purchase you? Did he purchase me? If we say yes to that, then this is talking about us. Are you God's elect? Yeah, you need to settle the issue of Jesus being your Savior and Lord. And then, and then you, the hope so, maybe so, can be moved in your mind... Be fully persuaded in your mind that I am his and he is mine. I don't need any other savior except King Jesus. And I belong to him. He purchased me. Regardless of how stupid I may, may be sometimes or how intelligent I think I am. No, no, no. He just bought, he just bought me and I belong to him. I'm his. I'm his elect. And, they're going, and these angels, with the sound of that trumpet, are going to gather us from the four winds, it says. That's from all parts of the earth, from one end of heaven to the other. Hmm. I'll tell you what. Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful reunion 
I'm expecting to see a lot of people there that I haven't seen in a long time. Verse 32 says, Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know summer is near. My son and I, were, I picked him up from work yesterday when we were down home and, and drive by a number of cornfields and I go, Jess, you see any tassels yet? He said, no, it's tall enough, but it, I said, I know, we've had more moisture this year, so the corn's a little bit taller. And he said, hey, there's one. <laughs> there's, a, there's a corn tassel. By the way, you guys just need to, you live in an area where you see this stuff, you know. Yeah, this is, this is a wonderful thing to see corn tassels come out. It's a sign that we're into the core of summer, and the corn tassels out, and the ears form, and you know it is really summer <laughs> when you see corn like that. And that's what Jesus is saying. We, if you can know that it's really summer by corn tasseling out, you can really know that we are getting close to the coming, to the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. In heaven, it says, coming and it will appear in heaven back in verse 30. Verse 33 says, so you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near, yeah, right there on the doorstep. It's just like Harold and Marge knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah, oh, we didn't know you were coming. Well, the, you always got to figure Harold and Marge are going to show up. By, by the way, they, when I was in Ohio, Harold and Marge showed up in our church one Sunday morning. I go, there's Harold and Marge. <laughs> hey, it's going to be just that way with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 34 starts in the Greek, starts with the word amen. I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. If you, if you think your, your money in the bank is secure, no, 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 no. Nothing like this. This is a sure thing. This is a secure thing. This is something that you can bank on way more than you can your bank. No one knows, verse 36 says. Not even the angels, only our Father. Yeah, he's our Father. He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of you. And it's going to be just like Noah and his day Days of Noah, it's going to be the, this, this thing of the sign of the Son of Man appearing in heaven. In verse 30, it says right here in verse 37, so will the coming of the Son of Man be, just like Noah. What happened with Noah? Yeah, let's have another party. Let's, let, oh, you know, with the, the economy is so good. 
aren't times this good, you know, and, and God, let's leave God out of, we don't need God. Verse 38 says, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, yeah, well, so if you're all going to die, what good is marriage? God's not against marriage, but something is going on here that God is displeased with. It says, until the day that Noah entered the ark, was Noah prepared? Now, the question is, are you prepared and am I prepared? Noah was prepared. He worked at it a while. Maybe for the rest of our lives, we need to be working at this thing of being prepared for the coming of Jesus. <laughs> Verse 39 says, And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Took them all away. Took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, this is the opposite of how some people would take this passage and use it. Who gets taken away according to Thumb's theology? Oh, it's got to be the Christians first. I'm not so sure. Now you, So you can line this up so it works that way. And I'm not opposed to that, but what if God doesn't do that way? What if God looks at all the Bible charts and says, oh, okay, the rapture's there and these people get taken away and, and whatever else. But, the, but God looks at that chart and says, oh, that's a nice chart, but I'm not going to do it that way. Is God God and can your God do it in a way that nobody has thought of yet? That remains a question, an overarching question here. And so, just remember this. Who, with the days of Noah, who was taken away? It was the wicked that was taken away. I go, isn't that fascinating? That goes back to the purposes of judgment. I even, I even got it with me today. Purposes of judgment. You've heard this before. To cause evil doing, that's sin, to cease. To destroy the evil and bless the good. Cause the righteous to prevail. That's number one. Number two, to separate the good from the evil and to separate the righteous ones from the evil doers. To separate the sheep from the goats. Number three, to reward the righteous ones with the righteousness loved and to reward the evil doers with the wickedness loved. And the example is back there with, uh, with Egypt and Pharaoh. And uh, I've used the illustration of frogs. And, you know, frogs were in their beds and all this kind of thing. They, they worshipped this frog. They also worshipped this bug god. Oh, you like bugs? Here, have more bugs. If you give your heart in worshipping bugs, God will give you more bugs. He will. Reward evildoers with the wickedness loved. Number four, establish promised equity. That's a just reward to the righteous ones. And the examples are three examples I give. 
Reward for personal sacrifice, that's martyrdom. Reward for righteous deeds, that's a cup of cold water. Reward for persecution, for blessing those who hurt us and loving our enemies. And the whole point is what? To the number five, to ultimately bring goodness and mercy to the righteous ones. Yeah, that's, that's what God is really after. And that's what he was really after with Noah. And that is what he's really after when Jesus comes, when this sign of the Son of Man in heaven, when that happens. See, I'm not even sure what that's going to look like. I'm not sure I can have an accurate picture in me, but I go, okay, heart, you just need to watch. You need to be alert. Are you telling your heart to be alert? You're, you're not giving your heart to the wrong thing, are you? If you're giving your heart to all the wrong things, yeah, you're not so alert. Verse 40 and 41 talks about two men, one taken, the other left. Two women, verse 40, uh, 41, that was verse 40, 41. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken, the other left. But he's harking, harkening back there to the days of Noah when they were taken away. Well, so the question is, was Noah taken away? Well, eventually he's out there in that boat. Uh, hey, I can see that both ways, but I just want you to see that. Verse 42 is the point. Watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord, your Lord is coming. One other thing about this passage that I want to close in, and this is um, some of you have heard me when I was interim talk about the study I did on mercy, and there is a mercy passage here. It's not, the word mercy is not used either in English or in the original language, but it is directly, directly suggested. And it's about this servant. He got a faithful servant. Verse 45 of the uh, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his house to give them, that's the other servants, food in due season? So you're the ruler, you're, you're the servant that is now the ruler servant and you're going to do for your fellow servants in the household the good thing for them so they have plenty to eat. And you're, what is that? That's mercy giving. That's a merciful giving so that they can flourish and prosper and that it will go well with them. A good ruler will do that in this world and in the next. All right. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, finds so doing. You if the Lord puts you in charge of anything, have a merciful 
attitude toward those that you are ruling over. Wish fulfillment for them. Pray the prayer. Father, give them mercy, fulfilling mercies. Oh God, bless them. Bless them with fulfillment from your Holy Spirit. Those are all good mercy prayers, all right? Now, the opposite, listen, the opposite of the coin, so you got a coin. You got a heads and a tail of the coin. If mercy is on the head, what's on the tail? It's the rest of the verse. There are some, oh, Father, help me say it. There are some that figure that everybody is included in heaven and even the devil will end up going to heaven. It's called universal restorationism. And there's a bunch of brethren who are there and they don't want to keep anybody out. They don't want to separate good and evil. Now, there's a problem with that. When you get to the last chapter of Revelation, there are some that are in and there are some that are out. We ought to look more like that as believers in, you know, the whole thing of, of the heavenly picture than to say, oh, you know, and it's not that we, we run around and say, oh, you know, you send a sin, so Mike, you can't come to church anymore because you send a sin. Well, so if you don't repent, we might say that to you. And we want, we want sinners to repent, including me. But, but to have a picture that God doesn't care at all flies in the face of the rest of this chapter. The opposite side of the coin from mercy is the wrath of God. Now look at this. Look at this close. This has to do with his coming. He's, his coming is to a point where he says all this sin stuff and sin getting worse and, and more sin being more and more sin, we're not, we're not going to abide that anymore. And, and I'm just amazed that he didn't do it a thousand years ago and just sort of say, cut it off. <laughs> Aren't you amazed that Jesus hasn't come back yet? Aren't you amazed? Aren't you amazed he has waited so long? What is he waiting on? He's waiting for you and me to get out there and, yes, to share, share the love of Christ and help people find a place of repentance. Not an easy th thing to do. You've got to pray your way through. And without God, you can't do it. And with God, guess what? Amazing things happen. Let's look, let's look at the end of the chapter and we close. All right. Assured, uh, let's see, okay, verse uh, 48, verse 48. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, he begins to beat. That's, by the way, that's unmerciful. That's the opposite of mercy. That's the opposite side of the coin. Begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink, not with his Fellow servants, he's eating and drinking with who? The drunkards. Wrong crowd, folks. 
the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour he is not aware of. <clears throat> if I wrote the Bible, I wouldn't have put this next verse in, but he put it in. I didn't put it in. Gruesome. He will cut him in two and appoint his portion with the hypocrites. And we just chop him up and get rid of him. Now God can do that in a perfect, Sandy can't do that. I'm, you know, any, any of you here, if you're afraid that I'm going to come up to you and chop you in half with a sword, <laughs> and half of you is here and half is you, no, I'm not doing that. But if you're wicked and unmerciful, this is what, this is what the scripture says. Gruesome. This is the wrath. Of, see, this is the wrath of God. Nobody, let me tell you, nobody at Andrew Conference want to talk about the wrath of God. My, my. But you know what? What is, the, what is the mercy of God? The mercy of God says, you were destined to a lost eternity, and I sent my son to die on the cross in your place. And I give you mercy so you don't need to continue on in your sin. And he works at separating us from the evil doing. He's separating us from sin. He's separate, and he, he really wants us to go to a new path. Now, so there's a bunch. There's a bunch that says, we love sin we don't want God. We love sin. You know what God's going to say to them? And Romans says it. Yeah, God's just going to turn it over to them. Just turn them over to the sin. And they will not have a part in the kingdom. They are excluded. And so there's a party. So here I am, a minister of the gospel, and I'm trying to say, oh, wow. You know what? I think it's right for me and for anybody to have a sense of the awesomeness of being caught and being in the hands of an angry God. In fact, that's a, that's a Bible verse. That's another sermon. We're gonna, not going to preach that sermon today. I'm so glad he gives the mercy side to those that will have faith and those that will say, Lord, help me to stay alert and to be watching and desi really desiring for your coming because all this sin stuff, guess what? Someday all the sin, sin stuff will be past history. Hallelujah. I want to see that and I want to be there. And you know what? That's what heaven is. No sin. Jesus Lord, fully righteousness, the righteousness of his heart is a standard of heaven. Aren't you glad he loves you? Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this day, for passages like this. And Lord, even when it says things that being cut in two, well, Lord, we're not even sure what that means either. But the Lord, it does put us in awe of you. You are an awesome God. And Lord, may we give our hearts, not all to the 
all the other things that we can give our hearts to, try to find fulfillment in all the wrong places, but Lord, that we would find our fulfillment in you, oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, and we pray it now in Jesus' name, amen.